Welcome to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'd like to welcome you to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Uh, in today's episode, I start off with another interesting conversation. I've been trying to have some conversations around the current state of small business and what we can do as an industry to help fight for small business owners. And who better to talk to than Jonathan Brooks of Business Warrior? And their company is specifically, their mission is fighting for, for local businesses. So a uh, really interesting interview. And he's got some free software that you can leverage to help your clients. I think it's a, a really great thing. So uh, I think you're going to enjoy that conversation. Then, I get to a really interesting um, question, which is, you know, is cash discounting and surcharge becoming processor agnostic? And so I talk about kind of the state of technology today uh, from processor agnostic technology providers around cash discounting and surcharging and kind of this change that we're seeing that's going to allow you to offer these programs regardless of which processor you are uh, with as a large ISO and eventually even as a small, uh, you know, one person office or a small ISO. So anyway, uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Let's dive into that interview uh, with Jonathan Brooks. Hey everybody, I'm here today with Jonathan Brooks. He is the president of Business Warrior. How are you doing today, John? I'm awesome. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Uh, so Good. yeah, so John and I have a very interesting conversation for you today. We're going to be talking about um, really a lot of these issues that are facing small businesses. Obviously, COVID-19 has kind of accelerated a lot of these negative trends they're dealing with. Um, and we're going to talk about, you know, what you can do to help your local businesses combat these issues and help them grow their business. But before we get into that, Jonathan, we'd love to get your, your story. So how did you get into what you're doing now? How did you end up uh, with Business Warrior? Give us a little bit of your background. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I was a, I was a corporate guy for about 16 years uh, working sure. with telecom. So, okay. um, you know, I grew up in Kansas. I'm a Midwest kid. Uh, and so I call sure. it Midwest values, you know, yep. straight shooter. Yep. You know, I don't mess, I don't mess around with my language. I don't mess around with, the, you know, my purpose. And, and so, you know, that's really guided me to business warrior. But, you know, before that, you know, I was, I was doing what a lot of young kids do out of college. You get a job and, you know, you take an internship and then right. you kind of work your way up. And, you know, I always had an entrepreneurial drive. Like I always appreciated, um, you know, it, when I was walking down, you know, Main Street, right, when in Kansas, and trust me, they're smaller in Kansas, but, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, Main, Main Street out there. And like these people put their heart and souls into their business. And, yeah. you know, I was, I appreciated him. You know, my family was, um, you know, they're, they're not from the entrepreneurial background, but, um, you know, they instilled a lot of that work ethic. And so I got to a point in corporate America where I was like, look, enough is enough from where I want to go. And I want to actually go and really give back in a bigger way. And so um, I ended up joining up with my business partner, Rhett uh, Doolittle. He's our founder. Um, and he and I just had an infamous dinner one night where uh, we connected on the same values, which is all around like, how can we create real value for businesses? How can we create like a long lasting legacy, not for us, but for the people that they gave right. up their corporate jobs. Right, so, exactly. So, so uh, Business Warrior came to be um, through a series of a uh, couple of different business ventures that you know we had gone through. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, you know, we're here now because of the lessons that we learned over the last you know, five, six years as a, as a company and as a team. And I couldn't be more excited and more blessed to be here. Awesome, man. Okay, so yeah. so let's dive in because I really want to kind of frame this conversation a little bit. Uh, you know, our listeners right now are you know driving to their first appointment or whatever as they're listening to this. And yeah. so, you know, my first question is always kind of why should they care? You know, so talk about local businesses today. What do you see as the key challenges that they're facing that really motivate you and motivate your passion to help them out? 
Yeah, so Small Business America today literally is faced with one of the most critical pivot points that they've probably experienced, and uh, I would say even since the, the Great Recession. Right. Um, and it's because, it, look, I mean, when you have like Steinmart and these big boxes going out of business, right. there's, not, there's not even news talking about the small business impact yet, right? It right. kind of gets blurbed in, in bit. But, you know, COVID, you know, it w- was, was a sea change. Right. Um, I mean, a historical sea change. And so small businesses before, they relied on, you know, kind of the way that they got there, which was, hey, I'm always going to be busy. I'm always going to be able to, like, you know, get right. customers. Right. Oh, I kind of know this thing about social media or I kind of know this thing about digital marketing. But at the end of the day, they really, you know, relied on traditional ways to get customers. And right. so what COVID has really done to accelerate all this conversation is the way that was going to make you successful in the past is not going to work, is, is not what is going to make you successful moving forward. Right. And so, so that's what Business Warrior is all about. We're about identifying what's currently happening in your business and giving you the keys and like literally the tool set to go and actually get customers in the way that, you know, customers now perceive business. Right. You got to be strong online. You got to have a good reputation. You got to be found on Google. Right. Right. Um, it, and, you know, and if you're not, then unfortunately, you're going to be part of, you know, that that historical uh, way that small business has acted. And I don't know if that's going to be, you know, a, a way to survive anymore. Yeah. You know, so, it's, you know, it's funny. I had a really interesting experience yesterday. Not this really doesn't apply too much to what Business Warrior does. But um, so we just hired a new uh, young lady who's going to be helping out with childcare for us, you know. Mm-hmm. So part of this deal was I said, hey, I'm, you know, as a, she didn't have a, a vehicle. And I said, we're going to get you a company vehicle, you know. So I'm like, okay, cool. We got to go buy a car for 10, 15 grand, you know? So we end up, I thought, well, let me, I want to support small business, you know? So I'm not going to go to the big dealership. I'm going to go to like a small, you know, car place, right? Yep. So yesterday we go over there. uh, She test drives a car. You know, I'm like the least patient person ever. So I'm like, do you like it? Yeah, great. Let's buy it. So I'm like, you know, I go in the guy, I'm like, hey, let's go. Let's do this, you know? And so. We want to help her establish some credit. So I said, hey, I'll, you know, we'll put you on this loan and, and we'll do it as a loan instead of cash so you can yep. start getting some credit. So anyway, long story short, uh, two and a half hours later, um, we finished the paperwork and uh, I was literally about to go insane. And I'm asking this guy and it was so funny because I said to him, I said, why haven't you digitized all of this? You know? Yes. And he's like, well, we'll, we'll digitize it once the banks refuse to accept the paper version. And I left there thinking to myself, I knew this, I had this interview today, <laughs> and I left there thinking to myself, you know, so many of these small businesses, they need somebody to tell them, like, no, you're, like, there's a reason that the big businesses are beating you, you know? And so I guess my right. next question for you is this, you know, I, a lot of the stuff that you guys do, whether it's social media, you know, Google search, all this, these are things these business owners are already like, yeah, of course, I need to do this. They know they do, yeah. and yet they don't. So yeah. why is that? Why do you think that they struggle so much to do what they know they need to accomplish? What's what's the, the challenge that keeps them from doing it? So I think it, it's a couple of things. One is um, the complexity of, of the information is actually a big part of why they don't act, right? right. I mean, it almost ends up being like analysis paralysis. It's like, oh, I'm going to look at Google Analytics. Oh, no, yeah, of course I'm, I'm on Google, right? Okay, great. So you're on Google, but do you know that you're at zero rating on Google. So right. cool. When people are searching for you, there's not that trust and reliability. Right. And I think that, you know, being a business owner today, is, it's just different. And it's not because of COVID. It's because the expectation of customers, like your experience with a car dealership, right? right? Like, 
I would go insane if I sat there for two and a half hours yeah. and filled out manual paperwork, right? Right. So, you know, today customer expectations have really uh, evolved. And I think there are business owners that, you know, say, hey, look, I could evolve with the times, but it's just, it's too messy. Right. So what business order is done, I mean, and, and this is like literally one of our missions is we simplify all the complexity and we give it to you in just four simple ways, right? It's like, how are you doing on your marketing? How are you doing on your listings? How are you doing on your rep? How are you doing on your website? And it's that level of like, right. and I, I really believe in the KISS model, keep it simple, stupid. Yes, yes. I think that's the big difference for why Business Warrior delivers such, so much more value is because we identify the problems for them and then give them small steps to fix it. Because cool. if you overwhelm a business owner, they're going to be like, ah, no, I'm not going to do it. Right, got it. Okay, so I think, you know, at this point, you know, I think one of the things we can do to help our listeners to understand this concept is to get really specific, okay? So I want to do two different verticals. So let's start with yeah. an auto repair shop. This is probably the most common merchant account, actually. Um, a lot of, you know, individual reps are out there. They've got 15, 20 auto repair shops. So let's say that I'm an individual rep. I've got this individual auto repair shop. Um, I know they're struggling. They need more customers. How would Business Warrior help my client, the auto repair shop owner, um, you know, prioritize their time and their resources to get more clients? I mean, it's a great question. We're actually seeing a, a rise in auto repair shops as well um, joining the platform because, you know, particularly, I'll, I'll just say this, going now into an auto repair shop, you actually, th those were probably actually the most agent of customer service. Groups. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. And so yep. the very first thing is you get your business warrior score and you're going to instantly see, okay, my website doesn't even have the latest information around how I'm supposed to show up to my customer. So we're able to, you know, literally scrape the website and we're able to understand like, Hey, is your website moving fast? Is it built with the right data so that Google is able to identify if you're like having a special on your website, are you even making sure that Google understands you're having that special so that if somebody types in, you know, best auto repair shop, Google is able to pick that up, right? Sure. And so Business Warrior comes in and without the business owner having to do except three pieces of information, which is like literally their name, their email, and their business address, we're able to pull that info in. So that auto shop, okay. now all of a sudden, within just a couple of minutes, they know if they're prepared to take customers. In their mind, they think they're prepared to take customers. Right. Right? But the difference is, is that, you know, that auto shop, most likely, their website's probably pretty slow. So imagine, you know, you're wanting to get your car fixed as a customer and you're, you know, Google searching, hey, you know, best auto shop around me. Or you maybe you're really reliable and you want to understand if, you know, what the current social distancing is for the auto shop. Well, you're going to pull the website up for that, you know, for that, uh, for the auto shop. And so if they're not up to date, if they're not moving at fast speeds and if they don't have the latest information around social distancing, you have a question in your mind, do I still go there? Right. And, and that question is happening more and more. And right. so what we're doing in that auto shop example is we're helping the business owner understand, are you really prepared now to take in as many customers as you're looking for? Right. Um, so that's, that's the big difference for the auto shops is that, uh, you know, there's now these, you know, level of uh, questions that every single consumer is asking about, okay, so if I pull up the website, is it working fast? You know, if I go to Google, what's the latest rating? Right. So right. did somebody have a bad experience or is it all five stars? Right. And it's not just Google. We're talking Facebook, Yelp. I mean, the customer yep. journey today, you know, I'm sure you probably when you were you know, buying the car, you probably looked at, hey, here's Facebook, here's Google, here's Yelp. Right. And then you made a decision based on all, all of them. 
Um, And so consumers are going that way. And auto shops is a prime example of somebody that really needs to get with the times on how important that decision-making capability is. Got it. Okay. So now our auto shop repair owner knows that his website sucks. So now what does he do? Yeah. So um, you can follow the steps that Business Warrior gives. So we keep it simple. You can actually literally follow step-by-step on how to improve your website. Okay. Um, But we also know that auto shops are not website managers. Right. So as, as part of Business Warrior, we have a marketplace. You can actually hire a team of, of website specialists. Oh, wow. It's a okay. Super, yeah, it's a super low rate uh, and we'll manage your website for you. So uh, oh, again, okay. this whole entire KISS model, keep it simple, stupid, um, you know, we basically just say, hey, look, for two hours a month, get a website person. They'll be able sure. to help you make sure that your website speeds are good. They're going to be able to help to make sure that your social distancing you know, messaging is out there. Heck, they're going to make sure that you're putting your promos on your website. I mean, how right. many auto shops do you go there? And they're like, oh, I'm going to give you 15% off. I'm like, I didn't even see that on your site. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. And so um, so with that service in the marketplace, uh, we're see. able to really combine the the analysis and the, the do-it-yourself steps that that body shop sure. could do. Or you could hire a specialist and, and we'll take care of it on your behalf. Now, where, where in, and we're probably going to get to this later, but just out of curiosity, yeah. where in that process does Business Warrior make money? Like, is it like we're going to give you the information for free so you know what you need to do and then you pay us if you do services? Or is there like an ongoing, like, what's, how does it work with Business Warrior? I, I actually don't know. I didn't, that, that's one thing I didn't look at before the interview. So. No. no, it's all good. So, um, you, you know, we adjusted with COVID as well. Okay. So uh, prior, we had, you know, a free trial to our software. Right. But I think one of the core things, and I know this confidently between Rhett and I, one of the core things is we're fighting for local business. Yes. And so when we saw COVID happen, we were like, you know what? The right thing to do is to get the information in the hands of business owners to have them be very clear on what they should be doing. Okay. So we actually, we actually have made Business Warrior free. So the very beginning entrance, it's like a credit score, right? Right. Everyone deserves a credit score. Everyone deserves a Business Warrior growth score. And so uh, as a new merchant, you're able to come into the platform for free. You're able to look at it. And of course, you know, like all um, software that's out there, there's some free, there's a free version of it. But then we also have upgraded premiums. Right. Those upgraded premiums, they get you better data, they get you real-time analysis, and they get you a team that can actually do it on your behalf. So that's ended up how we make make money. Yeah. And see, and I I think, yeah, and I think that's so crucial too, because that, that really does lend itself well to the direct sales model, right? Because, you know, if I'm if I'm wanting to set myself apart right now in the marketplace, I'm talking to that auto repair shop owner, for me yeah. to be able to say, doesn't cost anything, you know, let me just do this business warrior score for you real quick just to see how you guys are doing. Um, you know, that's that's a huge benefit, right? Yeah, and I think, uh, and again, I, I skipped our background uh, a little bit, which is we, we have a lot of experience with ISOs um, and with agents because, you know, prior to business warrior coming, to be um we were reselling another platform okay um, and so uh, one of our main distri- uh, distributors were isos um, Got it. and so so like we get this we get the iso business we get how right. hard it is to be an iso agent at the same right. time and so you know that iso agent um now is the new term they're consultants right well sure. what business warrior is going to do as a consultant is we're actually going to give you consultant information and we're going to give it to you in literally less than 30 seconds because you can be standing out in front of that auto repair shop. You could put in the, um, the information about the business. You could pull up their personal score that's going to be for the auto shop that you're talking to, walk in there, 
and automatically build trust with that business owner because sure. you're going to be able to show them, hey, here's what's going on within your business. Right. And it's not all bad. It's not all bad stuff. Right. Their business owners are doing some stuff. Hey, great. So you are doing really good in marketing, but hey, you need to work on your reputation. Right. Can I give you this tool as part of my services? Right. Tie then into the, mar the merchant services. And all of a sudden you have a win-win. You're giving them data about their business. That's critical. And all of a sudden now you're giving them, you know, a, a better option for merchant processing. Sure. Yeah, I love it. Okay, cool. All right, so so let's do this. Let's switch gears a little bit. Let's do the other, a, a different vertical. Uh, so let's talk about, let's say, fine dining. Uh, so yeah. very different than auto repair. Now, obviously, I'm assuming a lot of the same stuff applies as far as the website. Can you give us some other things? What would maybe a fine dining uh, establishment use Business Warrior for that maybe would be different than what we described already? Yeah, absolutely. So in a fine dining example, they're probably already focused on reputation. They're probably already focused on listings, right? right? But what we're finding so critical is that majority of these business owners, they don't have the basics of marketing technology installed as part of their customer experience. So yeah, sure. They may have a point of sale or a loyalty system, right? but do you know how many people go back to visit your website and that you literally are missing out on communicating with them again because you don't have simple marketing tech installed? Hmm. And so what Business Warrior will do is we'll identify whether or not that, that you know, fine dining restaurant even has the marketing technology allowed to be able to retarget. And so if you and I, if we've ever, let's just, you know, we're Googling that, um, that fine dining restaurant, we go there, we buy a steak, we spend $300. Well, you know, the point of sale in the loyalty system, we may get an email, but what Business Warrior does is we help that fine dining restaurant now follow their customer and continue to prompt them with more ads to get them back. Yeah. So it's it's very similar, like, hey, you know, great steak at you know Morton's, right? Morton's kind of a big chain, but yep. you know, JoJo's Steakhouse. Sure. So great steak at JoJo's Steakhouse. Well, I would now be in your Facebook, I would now be in your Google, and Business Warrior gives you the steps to do that. Or again, as part of the marketplace, you can hire a team of specialists out and we'll actually do it on behalf of that steakhouse. Sure. So sure. we can help them on the remarketing and retargeting aspect. Cool. I love it. <clears throat> yeah, great stuff. Yeah. So, and I and I think, you know, kind of going back to the ISO and the agent, you know, model here as we kind of finish things up, um, you know, I really love it because I think there's two ways that these uh, agents can use. And I, I did this kind of stuff when I was selling out in the field, you know, and it's funny, I make all these videos and all the agents see all my stuff about how to sell credit card processing. And, you know, the truth is the way I really sell, sold credit card processing so well is that I was an expert with marketing and website design and QuickBooks and, you know, business in general, and people wanted to deal with me. And so, yeah, I had all the pitches and I had all the scripts and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I was working with companies like Business Warrior uh, to really add extra value. Now, for me, <clears throat> I actually did lead off with payment processing. And would close the deal. But then what I would do is at the end of the conversation or when I would come back for the follow up, that's when I introduced, hey, by the way, I've got this other stuff. And that's what I used to control attrition. So that's how I didn't lose anybody is once I had a customer by a year later, they were doing three things with me and they would never yep. leave. So I'm just right. kind of curious, you know, for those that are listening that are like, how does this work? Can you give a little more detail both for like an individual agent as well as an ISO? How would they potentially partner with Business Warrior to provide this either as a marketing angle or to their existing clients? It's a great question. So we have two really uh, simple to use understand programs. One is if you're, you know, in a smaller office or if you're an individual agent, right? So you're doing okay. like 10 to 25 deals a month uh, with, with that program, you're able to use Business Warrior as that example in that auto shop, right? You can literally use it to go in and before you walk into a merchant, you can pull their score and you can automatically see now what the key value points that you want to talk about around that business to build trust up. So at the individual agent level, you can use that tool 
to not only be in front of the business owner with relevant information, but you know, if you do have a website, we can actually work with you to provide lead generation. Hmm. And I mean, what I mean by that is we can do a co-branded landing page for you where sure. now businesses who are searching, hey, best SEO tool, right? Well, so let's just say, you know, it's CC pros, right? Right. So that's the, that's the, that's, that's your ISO. So what we'll do is we'll actually work with you on doing a CC pro and a business warrior landing page. We can actually now get you leads that right. are going to come in through business warrior, but now you're able to communicate with that merchant on saying, Hey, look, yeah, these, these guys know my business. So of course I want to talk to them sure. about ways to either improve my, my merchant processing or get the latest POS technology. So that's on the, the smaller agent side, right? Uh, on the larger ISO front, you know, um, I, I have a challenge for a larger ISO. If you're willing to take a stand for the, for the local business, then we can talk. Right. But if you're going to continue to, you know, try to use leasing and do rate increases during a time when local businesses are struggling so much, you know what, you guys can stay on that, that side of the fence because I want to work with ISOs and with agents that are fighting for the business owner. And that means that they're taking the tools and they're shifting the way that a conversation happens. You don't lead with savings. And stop trying to call yourself a consultant when at the end of the day, what you're really doing is you're, you want to fight for that business owner. You want that trust to be built up. And I think that that is such an important difference these days. COVID was a game changer and business warriors a game changer. And so we're looking to partner up with not just, you know, smaller offices, but if you're a big ISO and you're willing to be in the fight with us, we're happy to talk. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So yeah, I think, um, I think there's definitely an opportunity right now. I feel like with COVID it kind of, I don't know your thoughts on it, but in my mind, it just kind of, it seems like it just really kind of, you know, everything kind of got speeded up a little bit, you know? So the idea that, you know, a lot of these companies, you know, Amazon was already taking market share. Right. Um, but because of COVID they've just taken a massive chunk of market share, you know, uh, Walmart and their ability to do, um, you know, pick up groceries, you know, uh, by ordering online, you know, that was already growing with COVID. It just like exploded. So I feel like, you know, I think a lot of small business owners are starting to feel left behind a little bit. You know, did we, Mm -hmm. did we get too far behind, you know, to catch up? And, and the truth is, in my opinion, no, you didn't get too far. Right. I mean, like small businesses, you know, they have something that Amazon and Walmart cannot provide their customers. They have a lot of things that they can't provide their customers, that experience. And, and, and I think, too, I think the uh, – I told my, uh, my wife the other day, I said I w- I'm amazed. One of our favorite little restaurants that we go to um, obviously shut down you know, with COVID. We're in Pennsylvania. And I didn't know if it had opened back up or not. You know, um, Two months went by. I kind of forgot about it, you know. I drive by, and guess what? They're open. Nobody was in there. And, you know, I told her, I said, I just cannot imagine, like, if they would have spent $300 on one Facebook ad targeting yeah. just the people that have liked their page, which includes me, yep. I would have known they were open, and we would have already been there twice. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's yes. not it's not too late. They're not too far behind. And so I really, I like it, and I really want to encourage our listeners, you know, uh, fight for small businesses and um, even if you say, well, I'm going to give this business warrior thing away for free to a bunch of people, that's not going to help me. Yes, it is. You know, you're going to get that reputation. It's a numbers game. You're going to get some people that are going to say, hey, thanks for that. Now tell me more about what you provide. Um, but I yep. think long term that effect is if you become like a person in your community that fights for small business, um, that's, a, that's a position worth having in your community, I think. I 100% agree. I mean, that, that is the whole purpose of business warrior. And, you know, 
Um, yes, you can use it as a, uh, as, as a way to give it for free. And just know, though, that, look, we're also in business. And, right, you know, of course. Right? Sure. Like, of, of course there's money to be made on it. Right. But the reality is, is that you make money when you get trust built up with your customer. With your yep. And that's what we're all about. Let's build some trust up. Let's fight for the local business owner. And, and I appreciate it so much being on this. So thank you. Awesome. Hey, Jonathan, thank you so much for your time, man. Hope you have an awesome yeah. day. This is Questions from the Field, brought to you by ccsalespro.com, the leader in merchant sales training and technology. If you are an individual merchant sales professional, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash training to get a free 14-day trial of our all-access pass. If you manage a team of merchant sales professionals, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash ISO to learn how we can help you grow. And now, here is Questions from the Field, with James Shepard. Hey everybody, today I want to talk to you about a very interesting question and that is, <clears throat> is cash discounting becoming processor agnostic? Is cash discounting and surcharging really becoming processor agnostic? And so I want to explain uh, this concept to you a little bit. Um, and you know, a lot of times I use this segment to just talk about trends that I see happening in the industry and this is a big one. You know, the history of cash discounting and surcharging is is very interesting because when you look at it and you see, um, you know, the initial state of it was very much a processor specific thing. In other words, if you wanted to offer surcharging, you're going to have to go through a processor that is has a surcharge program. If you want to offer cash discounting, you got to go through a processor that does cash discounting. And there were several reasons for that. Um, the first reason is that there is some front-end technology that is required for these programs, uh, much more so for surcharging because you have to do a bin recognition to tell if the card is debit or credit so that you're only adding the fee to um, credit. Uh, whereas with cash discounting, in most programs, that means they're going to apply a fee to all non-cash transactions, including sign signature debit. So... When you look at this, uh, you know structure. There's some front end. There's uh, you know terminals. There's software. Uh, there's things that need to happen to implement the service fee. And so, you know, processors came out and said, "Hey, that's what we do, right? We have, you know, this is what we do. We have technology that you know allows you to offer cash discounting uh, or surcharging, right?" Well, then the other big piece of it is the back-end piece. And so the back-end piece is the billing part of it. So this idea of you know, making a clean statement where it doesn't look like a normal merchant statement. It looks like a surcharging statement or a cash discounting statement where it actually shows here's how much revenue you brought in from consumers. We use that to offset, you know, the fees and this is what's left. So, um, you know, that was kind of the way it worked early on is that it was processors. And I started talking about a year ago, I started talking about this with my <clears throat> consulting clients a lot is I said, you know, um, it, it, because it, it is a really big problem. So just so you understand, for those of you that may not really understand how the industry works, you know, there are most ISOs out there that are larger ISOs. They have minimums that they have to hit with their various companies. So maybe they're, uh, you know, a TISA shop or a WorldPay shop or uh, which, you know, I guess would now be Pfizer for no, that's first data. I got to keep them all straight in my head. But, you know, uh, you have these different shops, right, for these big companies and they guarantee minimums. Hey, we're going to give you at least X number of deals or X amount of processing volume a year uh, in order to get our, you know, really high um, split. So as a result of that, cash discounting and surcharging, that was actually one of the biggest barriers that people weren't talking about is a lot of these ISOs were like, well, I can't really offer cash discounting or surcharging because I have to hit my minimums with 
say, First Data, and First Data, you know, is not offering this cash discount or surcharge program. And so in order for me to offer it, I'd have to go to another processor and then I wouldn't hit my minimums. And so it was a big issue with a lot of companies. Um, Well, good news for those of you that are in that situation and also some interesting information for those of you that are just selling. You know, I really believe that we're on a very solid march towards this being a technology thing and not being a processor thing. So as far as the front end, There are definitely companies now that have solved that problem. In other words, you can sell for Tesis, First Data, whoever you want to be selling for, and you can go ahead and get terminals with software that's going to handle um, cash discounting uh, or surcharging. Like That definitely exists. There are gateways that handle it, that integrate with things like Clover, right? Um, And so that already exists. But what I'm starting to see now is a shift where even the back end, the billing part, that is starting to slowly happen. And so I really believe where we're going to be at in 6 to 12 months is that you will be able to sell for anybody you want, any processor you want, and you're going to be able to then leverage the technology provider to get the cash discounting and surcharging technology. Okay. Now, what does this mean for the industry? Well, it's a couple of big shifts. Number one, I think it's going to get harder for processors to charge the the um, you know additional fees for cash discounting and surcharging as far as the Schedule A cost. So historically, the last couple three years, you know, if you're doing a cash discount program or a surcharge program through a processor, their Schedule A costs are basically marked up for various reasons, some legitimate, some not, but they're either making more money off of it or they're just marking it up to cover certain costs. But the, the Schedule A costs have been historically higher. So you're paying more money as an agent, more money is coming out of your residual, um, you know, in order to do cash discounting. I believe that that revenue is going to decrease and it's going to shift over to these technology providers. So instead of it being like the processor marks up your Schedule A, you know, 10 basis points and eight cents in order to do cash discount, instead, you're going to be dealing with a technology provider that's going to be charging you for the terminal and they're going to charge maybe 10 or 20 bucks a month as like a software fee or something like that. Um, And then the Schedule A is still, is just the Schedule A. There's no, there's not going to be different Schedule A's for cash discount and surcharge than there are for um, traditional processing. So I think we're going to slowly see that go away. It'll still exist to some extent, but I think the broader market is going to move away from that, uh, from that idea. The other thing that's going to happen is, um, you know, you're really going to see this concept of billing and this idea of being able to send statements to the merchant. You're going to see credit card processing statements change a lot. So they've already changed because of all the payfacts out there that just randomly can create whatever kind of a billing statement they want. So you already have the whole payfax situation going on. But now this is going to compound it where cash discount and surcharge statements are actually going to look very different. And that's going to be a challenge because if you have somebody that is on surcharge or cash discount, you know, if they do want to switch back to traditional for some reason, it is going to be a little harder because you're not going to know, you're not going to have as much information on the statement to be able to tell them what it would be if you switch them back again. So... Long story short, I really do believe it's a positive in the industry. I really believe that. I've, I've thought for a long time that it needed to move that direction. Um, there's still some things that need to be solved. You know, compliance is a big one. You know, it's like in this model where the technology company is providing the terminal and the, the technology, um, you know, or the gateway or whatever, who's providing the signage, who's provi- who's going to, you know, respond to compliance complaints 
um, and issues like that. So there's still that piece of it because right now that stuff all goes through the acquirer. Um, and so it's like, who's going to handle that? Um, but I really believe that, you know, now that I feel like there's been this shift in the industry over the last six months where people are like, okay, I think this cash discount thing is here to stay. I think surcharging is a good option that, that is definitely here to stay. So I think there's now becoming these technology companies that I predicted would happen, which is they're now coming in and saying, hey, we can solve this problem for the entire industry, not just for one processing company. And we can handle all of these issues so that anybody could offer our cash discount or surcharge program with any processor they want. And they're working through and doing these integrations. So uh, it's not 100% where it, it needs to be right now for like, in my opinion, for an individual agent. To just say, I have my own tech, I have my own cash discount and surcharge program. I have my own technology provider. I don't think we're there quite yet because of the back end billing is not quite where we need it to be. But I do believe we're at a point where if you're an ISO and you have minimums to hit, but you want to be able to offer cash discounting and surcharging, you could be able, you could do that. I'll, I'll put it that way. You could do that at this point. Um, and so I think you can find the right providers technology wise that are going to enable you to stay with your current provider. You're going to have to handle some of the compliance yourself or you know work on that, but you could definitely have this uh, these programs in place uh, in a in a compliant way in a way that makes sense uh, while not hurting your minimum. So that's an exciting thing, um, and so that's kind of the direction that we're going. So if you have any questions about that, if you're an ISO, I don't talk about it much on on the uh, podcast, but I do have a consulting practice. Uh, the reason I don't talk about it very much is because I have more work than I can handle now. Um, but uh, if you want to reach out. Um, you know, I'll do my best to help you out. Uh, it's James at ccsalespro.com. James at ccsalespro.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Hope you have a terrific uh, weekend and a terrific week next week. Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive, or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of Greensheet.com and CCSalesPro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.